So we, we want to thank God for this particular moment that he has given us to be in his presence in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. So today um, I want to, to, to go a little further. Uh, there's a message that I preached uh, last week, uh, which was um, entitled, there's, uh, there's Yet One Man, right? So today I just want to go a little further uh, and uh, uh, speak on something that is also a bit similar to that, which uh, concerns our worship as, as Christians, the importance of pure worship, all right? The importance of pure worship. So the title of my message today is Conflicted Worship, right? Conflicted Worship. Uh, and uh, uh, let us open our Bibles to the book of Second Kings. The book of Second Kings, chapter 17. Uh, that is where I want to speak from. Second Kings, chapter 17. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Second Kings chapter 17. Right. Are we there? Right. So I will be reading verse 33. Verse 33. The Bible says, They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. All right. So as I said, I'm going to speak about conflicted worship. I'm just going to read a bit from the Amplified Version uh, so that it may be a bit clear because, you know, sometimes the King James Version is not very clear because of the archaic uh, uh, English it uses. So the Amplified Vision says, They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods, as did the nations from among whom they had been carried away. All right? As did the nations from among whom they had been carried away. All right, so the situation that we have uh, in this particular chapter we had a king called Washia, all right? So I'm just giving a background of, of, of the story, all right? So that we can arrive uh, at the verse that we have read and, and begin to expound on it. So we had a king called Washia who was reigning uh, over Israel, all right? He was reigning over the, the, the northern part of the kingdom called the kingdom of Israel, all right? And uh, uh, from our previous sermon, we understood that Israel uh, uh, mostly was a wicked nation before the Lord. It was uh, even worse than Judah, isn't it? So most of the kings that reigned over Israel, they were wicked. They were kings that did not do what was right uh, in the eyes of the Lord. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. So Oshia was no different. He was a king that did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, all right? So Israel followed the ways of their kings. So Israel simply followed what their king, Washia, was doing. So Israel began to do what was also evil in the sight of the Lord. And uh, 
we understand also that the Lord spoke many times to his people saying, if you continue to do that which is evil, then you shall go into captivity, isn't it? Many prophets spoke about that. But Israel did not listen to the voice of the prophets, all right? So they began or continued to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Until Shalmaneser, the king uh, of Assyria, came and besieged Samaria, all right? And when he besieged Samaria, he then carried away the people of Israel to Assyria. You get this? So he carried away the ten tribes of Israel to Assyria. And in their place, he replaced those uh, Israelites with some Gentiles from different nationalities to begin to live in Samaria. All right. So when Jesus actually came uh, uh, on the earth, when he came to Israel, he came when these Gentiles were living in Samaria. That's why Samaritans were referred to as outsiders or dogs. They were like Gentiles. They were a mixed people. You get what I mean? This is what had happened. The Israelites, the ten tribes of Israel, had been carried away into captivity, into Assyria, and they were replaced with the Gentiles in their place. Oh, my God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So now, if we backtrack a little bit to verse 25, of 2 Kings chapter 17. The Bible then says, and so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there. At the beginning of who? At the beginning of the dwelling of these uh, different nationalities, which we are going to call the Samaritans now, isn't it? So it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord, right? Therefore the Lord sent lions among them, which slew some of them, right? So when they began to dwell in the land of Samaria, right, they did not fear the Lord. Now, we, we need to understand this. Samaria was a, what, a, a, a part of the land of Canaan, isn't it? The land which was promised to Abraham and his seed. So, in essence, this land was a holy land because it was God's land. Or it was the land of uh, 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 the people of God. That's why it became a holy land. Because God himself is the one who said to Abraham, I am going to give you this land and your seed. You get this? So it was a holy land. And uh, there were many instructions that were given to Israel to say, do not mix with the Gentiles. Why? Because if you mix with them or if you... Uh, 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 marry, all right, intermarry with them. If you mingle with them, you are going to bring in some pagan practices into Israel, which will make him uh, uh, jealous as God, isn't it? Because he says he, he is a jealous God. He does not want his people worshipping any other gods. So when these people came into the land of Israel, they essentially came into the land of Jehovah God. They came into a holy land. So, because of their practices, they began to defile the land. You get what I'm saying? They feared not the Lord. Therefore, what did God do? God sent lions among them and slew some of them. If you disobey God, it opens a door for judgment, isn't it? 
So disobedience actually opens a door to God's judgment. So this is what happened. He sent lions among them, and uh, they began to what? To, 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 to kill some of the people. The lions slew some of them. So this was God's way or God's method of drawing their attention so that they would what? They would fear and respect him. He wanted to draw their attention to him, all right? Because he was the God of the land. So in the old time, if you read uh, the Old Testament, right, you are going to see that uh, a God was feared uh, by the people based on the power that he displays, all right? That's why when they went to war, they went to war in the name of their God. Israel went to war in the name of Jehovah, all right? While uh, these other pagan nations, they went to war in the name of their God. That's why when the Philistines uh, uh, defeated Israel, they, what? they attributed the victory to their God. Our God is more powerful than yours. If you look at how Israel came out of Egypt, right? When God was giving them victory on the way, what began to happen? The Bible says, uh, the people said uh, that, that the God of Israel is a what? Is a terrible God. They began to fear the God of Israel. They said he's a powerful God. They feared, they did not fear Israel. They feared the God of Israel. You get this? So, whenever these pagan nations went to war, they always what? Went in the name of their God. So, when they came into the land, they came with their what? With their gods. And they were even thinking that these other gods were more powerful than the God of Israel. In Jesus' name, amen. So, when he sent lions among them, that drew their attention, all right? Such that in verse 26, the Bible now says, Wherefore, they spake to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which thou hast removed and placed in the cities of Samaria, know not the manner of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lions among them, and behold, they slay them, because they know not the manner of the God of the land. So they began to report to the, what? To the king of Assyria, saying, Lions are killing the people that you have put in the land of Israel, the people that you have put in Samaria, because they don't know the manner of the God of the land. So basically they were saying they don't know the ways of God, of the God of Samaria, the God of that land. They don't know the ways of what? Of Jehovah. It was a holy land. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. So, what then did the king of Assyria do in verse 27? The Bible says, uh, uh, the king of Assyria commanded, carry thither one of the priests whom you brought from thence, right? And let them go and dwell there and let him teach them the manner of the God of the land. So, what did the king of Assyria do among the people that he had carried from Samaria, the people of Israel, right, into Assyria? Now he says, take one priest from there and send him back to Samaria so that he may teach the people the manner of the God of the land. So you see what he did. If they are being killed, if they are being destroyed because they don't know the ways of the God of the land, 
we will send them a teaching priest so that they may understand the manner of the God of the land. So this priest came and began to teach them the ways of Jehovah. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, this actually shows me that when people know the word of God, when they know the manner of Jehovah or the ways of God, this is what keeps them safe. This is what keeps them under the protection of God. Because they know the ways of God and they walk in them and they keep them. The Bible here uh, uh, shows us that uh, this priest, when he came, he began to dwell in Bethel. You know, Bethel means the house of God. He, that, he began, you know, it's quite prophetic, right? Stay in the house of God and you stay under his shadow. You stay under his protection. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the people of God must stay in, in the house of God. They must stay in what? In the house of God. Now, verse 29 says, How be it every nation made gods of their own? Even when the priest came to teach them. <laughs> Yet, every nation made gods of their own. They still made gods, even though they were taught the manner of the God of the land. From what I'm seeing, this priest could not have missed this thing that Jehovah is a jealous God. And he does not want any other gods except him. You get this? He must have taught them that. Which means if they came with other gods from other nations, when they came into the land of Israel, they were supposed to put away these other gods and begin to what? To worship Jehovah only. Jehovah is the only God. That is what they were supposed to do. But the Bible is saying they made gods of their own and put them in the houses of the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in their cities wherein they dwelt. So what they simply did was they added Jehovah as one of their gods. Among the gods that they already had, they just added Jehovah. So, that, so if, let's say, one family came with four gods, all right, and this priest began to teach them the ways of Jehovah, they would simply add Jehovah so that he becomes one of the gods and now there are five gods. Instead of throwing away these four gods so that you only worship one god, you what? You add him to these other gods so that it becomes a mixed kind of worship, a conflicted kind of worship, a syncretic kind of worship. So that is what happens. You know, this is what happens also in, in, in India, for example. They have idols there. India is a very uh, good example of what these nations were doing because we still have what idols, real idols, even China, real idols being worshipped as God. Idols made with men's hands, being worshipped as what? As God. So if we are not careful when we preach to them uh, 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 Jesus Christ or we preach to them the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will simply add him to the gods that they have. So you have to be very clear that no, 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 no. These are not gods. Throw away. 
This kind of what? Useless worship. And worship the only true God who is not made with men's hands. You get what I'm saying? In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. So the Bible says they feared the Lord. They feared who? The Lord, but continued to save their own gods. So whenever we preach the gospel, you are going to find out these are the things that happen. Sometimes we, sometimes we assume that when we preach the gospel, then people really know what to do. But we need to preach the whole message so that people are not in conflicted worship, are not left in conflicted worship or are not left in mixed worship. Because we are still encountering these things today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of true wisdom. The fear of the Lord. Now, we need to understand this kind of fear. Because there are different kinds of what? Of fear, right? The fear of the Lord that the psalmist is talking about is reverence for God. And reverence for his word, which causes you to depart from evil and begin to serve God as the only true and living God. You, you hear what I'm saying? So this is the fear of the Lord that we are talking about. It's reverence for the Lord. Reverence for God. My God, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. It's reverence for God. Reverence for God, which causes you to depart from evil and begin to serve Jehovah as the true and living God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So they did what they were taught by the priest that was sent to Samaria, not because they really acknowledged him as God, as the true God, but because of the fear of his wrath. You get it? So because they were in fear of his wrath, the kind of fear that they had, these new Samaritans had, it was not reverence for God, but it was terror. Their fear was what? Was terror. The fear of the lions. That is what caused them to submit <laughs> not because they loved God, not because they loved this new uh, God called Jehovah. They were in what? In terror. They had terror for this God, not love. They did not understand the word of God. They did not understand the law of God. Because if you understand the word of God, if you understand the law of God, you begin to understand that no, you don't have to fear God uh, 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 in the way of terror. No, he does not present himself like that. Because the Bible tells us that God loves us. You get this? He loves us. And whatever he says to us or whatever he commands us is for our own good. Whatever he told Israel was so that Israel would dwell in harmony, right, with each other. Dwell in harmony with your neighbor. Those are the laws that God gave to Israel. That Israel would love their God because their God loved them back. So when you begin to truly understand God's word and his instructions unto you, 
you are going to see that everything that he has said is for your benefit. So if you are a person who loves good and who wants to run away from evil, you will love this God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, after hearing what uh, uh, the Samaritans were doing, they were fearing God, they feared Jehovah God, yet they saved their own gods because that is what they loved. They loved other gods, not the real God. They saved their own gods. So, even now, today, we have people today who acknowledge the Christian God. They acknowledge him, but still they save their own gods in the same manner that the Samaritans did. Are you getting this? Because we are now coming to the application. What happened in Samaria then, how does it apply to us in this day and age? We have some Christians who are like these new Samaritans. When the gospel was preached to them, they accepted the Christian God. They acknowledged him. But yet, they failed to move out from the other gods that they had. They still serve them. They still worship them. They still fear them. They still listen to them. They still listen to their prophets. So at the end of the day, they have this kind of mixed kind of worship. They have this conflicted kind of worship. It's called a corrupt kind of worship. So these people might still think that they worship God. But no, this is a jealous God. <laughs> you cannot mix and mingle with other gods, with other uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, religions and still say, I worship the Christian God. It's not possible. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Right. One good example, right, is what is called ancestral worship. All right. Ancestral worship. So when the gospel came to Africa, many people were practicing ancestral worship, isn't it? Maybe most of them in Africa, they were practicing ancestral worship. So we have people who accepted the gospel. Some didn't, some accepted. Among those who accepted the gospel, there are those who accepted it with their whole heart and left behind this ancestral worship. But there are those who took ancestral worship and took Christianity and mixed it together and came up with a hybrid kind of religion. So they go to church and worship God and worship Jehovah, but when they get back home, they do ancestral worship. They still go to spirit mediums <laughs> and false prophets. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is a mixed kind of worship. And their argument is that, you know, we are Africans. We cannot live our African way. No, 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 no. But what does the Bible say? You know, I'm seeing that uh, these people might have uh, 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 realized that the Christian God is as powerful as, uh, is very powerful, all right? Just like the Samaritans also realized that uh, uh, this Jehovah God is a powerful God. 
So we must fear him if we are to survive. So also these people, when they accepted the gospel, they saw how powerful the, the, the Christian God is. You remember Simon the sorcerer? He was a sorcerer, but he saw greater power than what he had. So he said, if I can only get this power. But in himself, he had not given his life to Christ. But he simply wanted that power so that he could use it but in the same state that he was in as a sorcerer. So we have such people who simply want this power so that they can use it together with what? The power they get from their own ancestral worship. The power they get from uh, 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 false gods. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So they can come to services. They can attend services they can hold the prayer meetings, all right? They can call for prayer meetings, right? They can pray to Jehovah, ask Jehovah for help, ask Christians to pray for them so that Jehovah can have mercy on them. Hmm? But still, they will sneak out, these people, to consult spirit mediums, nangas, right? Traditional healers, false prophets, right? For direction, they, they, they ask for direction, for protection, for deliverance. They go there. You know, we have a lot of Christians that when things uh, uh, seem not to be working in the Christian faith, they will say, mm, let us look for other, for other ways. So they end up going to these other false prophets, to these spirit mediums, to these nangas and so forth. It's because their worship is conflicted. It's a mixed kind of worship and this kind of worship is corrupt worship. And if you are a Christian, the Lord is saying this must stop. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. We also have church traditions, alright? I, I spoke about uh, uh, certain churches, for example, that take the gospel and take what? Uh, uh, African worship which is uh, ancestral worship, all right? And they mix it together, and they come up with a mixed kind of religion. They can still make idols and worship idols. When you are supposed to worship God only, they also put other names in their prayers and pray to them and, uh, uh, and worship some people that are not supposed to be worshipped because worship is only res uh, reserved for Jehovah. Jehovah God through the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? So we have people like that. So these are church traditions. And when you speak to those people, they will say, ah, this is what our church does. So you put your church traditions above the word of God. It's corrupt worship. It's corrupt what? Worship. The word of God must always be above Church traditions. Even, you know, this is the mistake that the Pharisees did. They were saying to Jesus, your disciples are eating with unwashed hands. And it was an issue with them. But is that the law of God? So you begin to take things and add it to the word of God. So there are a lot of things as churches, as denominations that we take and add on top. Take and add on top. Take and add on top. Such that the Christian faith becomes 
burdensome to people with things that were not meant to be part of the Christian faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This is what corrupt, conflicted, mixed worship. And the Lord God does not want that. There's also the fear of men being a respecter of people. You respect people and fear people more than you fear God. You get this? So whatever they say, even if it's wrong, you go with it. Because they are your superiors. You go with it because they are uh, older in the faith. No, 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 no. The Bible tells us explicitly that we must not fear men, but fear God. The Bible says, put your trust in God, not in men. So the fear of men is one problem, once again, that causes conflicted worship. You know very well these things are not right. But because you want to please someone, you keep on doing it. Who do you fear more? Do you fear God or do you fear people? If you fear God, then you must come out of conflicted worship. Come out of mixed worship. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. There is also mammon, you know, I'm about to I finish my message, but I cannot finish it without speaking about mammon. <laughs> because mammon is a big problem. God is saying, choose whom you, uh, you, you want to worship. You want to worship me or you want to worship mammon? Because what are we motivated with? A lot of people are motivated by mammon. That's why they are in the church today. It's mammon. The moment we stop speaking about this money business, then we are going to see a lot of people leaving the church. Because they heard that this God can bless, isn't it? He can raise you up. So they, in actual fact, they came for mammon. Not what? Jehovah God. They did not come for Jesus Christ. They came for mammon. That's why a lot of churches today, they are like businesses. That is what? Corrupt worship. That is conflicted worship. That is mixed worship. And the Lord says, this must what? Must stop. You know, as we are going towards these end times, the Bible speaks about what? People who shall leave the faith. Right? People are going to leave the faith and begin to follow that which is not the true faith. If these desires are not killed in us and destroyed in us, we will continue in conflicted worship, in mixed worship. Worship that is not pure before God. Simply because there are things and desires that we want to gratify instead of pure devotion to Christ. The Bible says there shall be a falling away. A falling away from the faith. Because Satan will give them what they want. And the Bible says he will even do miracles that will almost, set, uh, that will almost right, deceive even the elect. The elect will not be deceived. But those that are not the elect will, will be deceived. Those who 
purport to be worshipping God, Jehovah God, but they are not. Because their worship is conflicted. It's mixed. It's corrupt. So when the deception comes, they will also be deceived. Because Satan will offer them what they want. Satan will offer them false miracles because they want to follow miracles only. They don't want to hear the true voice of God. So they will be what? They will be taken away and also fall. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So mixed worship is dangerous. This conflicted type of worship. Because if it's not put in check, if it's not checked, what will happen is that it will cascade down to generations. It will cascade down to children and, the, uh, and children's children simply because you are following in the footsteps of your what? Of your fathers. I'm sure you have heard it a lot of times that we are following in the footsteps of our fathers. Our fathers, our fathers, this, our fathers, that. You have to be very careful that what your fathers followed was a pure type of worship. You get what I'm saying? Because if you just take it simply as a respect to your fathers, you might end up walking in conflicted worship. And that kind of worship will be what? Propagated from one generation to the other. If you read, for example, the last verse of 2 Kings chapter 17, it says, so these nations feared the Lord. They continue to fear the Lord, right? And saved their graven images. Both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. So they continued in this type of what? Corrupt worship. Mixed type of worship. Where they continued to fear the Lord. But yet, they really saved graven images behind the scenes. They were saving graven images. So Jehovah was one of the gods that they were saving. <laughs> so, they passed this kind of conflicted worship, this mixed kind of worship to their children and their children's children, right? And they continue to worship as did their fathers, even under this day. Up to the time that this particular uh, word was being written, they were still doing this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, we have many instances of people who fear the Lord with this worldly kind of fear but they continue to save their own gods. They put their own gods ahead of God. You know, God, you know, if money can be a god, that means other things can be gods. Anything that you love above God becomes your god. You get it. You get it. So you may say, I worship God, I love God. But if there is anything that you put ahead of God, be very careful that that thing might be a God in actual fact to you. Because you put it ahead of God. Oh my God, are you hearing what I'm saying? So we have a lot of people like that. They kind of uh, 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 fear the Lord, but with a worldly kind of fear, with a terror of judgment, but without love, without a true devotion to what? To Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. But God says unto us, repent. It's time to repent of this. You cannot continue like that. It's time to repent. It's time to what? To repent. Time is running out. 
There must be pure devotion. There must be pure worship. Let's stop doing things for sure. If you are a true believer, be a true believer. And that must be shown forth by your fruits. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The fruits of a righteous life, a holy life before the Lord, one whose total devotion is to him, one who loves and follows the truth. You don't do things to please people. Do things to please, uh, 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 please God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So when we begin to do that, then we are going to have God's complete what? Blessing. We are going to have God's complete protection upon our life. And we enjoy His grace in this life. True grace, not false grace, but true grace. God's true blessing will cover us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I finished my message. Let us stand up and begin to pray. My God, my God, my God, let the beda kalosi malata bibiana koleso in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were involved in this kind of conflicted worship, this is the time to repent and pray for God's grace upon your life to say, Lord, may you have mercy upon my, uh, my life uh, that I may be healed uh, of this kind of conflicted worship in the name of Jesus Christ so that you may enter into a new phase of pure worship. I don't want you to pray for yourself only. I want you to pray for the church because we have this uh, 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 problem. It's a big problem in the church. I want you to pray for the nation as well. It's a big problem in the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. We call for prayers. We pray to God. We pray to Jehovah. But yet we still worship Neander behind the scenes. We still worship Seguruka Gubi behind the scenes. You need to understand that this goes beyond culture. This is ancestral worship in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So sometimes you may not know how this might anger God, how this might anger the Lord, and spell what? Disaster, even for our nation, even for this country. Corrupt worship. My God, let the boss, Pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.